Today on Movie Wallace, we talk about Don't Worry Darling, Lyle Lyle Crocodile, and the Banshees of Inner Sharon. Time for Movie Wallers. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, it's Rashmi. And Yesdi as well. Movie Wallers is your weekly dose of film reviews, movie news, and general banter in theatres on DVD online streaming or in the back of an airplane. If you love the movies, this show is for you. I was a little worried I wouldn't make the introduction because I put a big cookie in my mouth. Me too. You, you did it though. Yeah. It didn't look Sucked good. Sucked it down. It didn't look good. <laughs> it didn't look good, but you made it. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> McVitie's chocolate digestives who don't sponsor us but should. We get They're no the best. Yeah. We should be getting a box of things from people, like from sponsors. Send us your stuff. We'll talk about them. Yeah. We're cheap. <laughs> we'll do anything. No, I, I, was say, I, don't, I don't think they'd last before the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We've got a box of goodies. That's even better. We can say we finished, they were so good, we finished, we finished the them. Case. These so are basically, very good, though. These are classics. So basically, you just want people to send us free stuff, yeah. Yeah. eat it, and then we'll tell everyone that we ate it. Yeah. Well, and if it, and we won't lie if it's crap, we'll say it's crap. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> I will. <laughs> what are these called? Ginger nuts. Those are, those are also McVitie's. Also McVitie's. No, they're ginger nuts. Okay. And th- those are the fiery kind. Although they're not that fiery. I was a little disappointed because when I said, when I don't like ginger that I much. I love ginger. I know you have ginger and everything, but ginger is in and of itself. But the only, the, my favorite way to consume ginger is these McVitie's ginger nut uh, biscuits. I have a love hate with them. Like they're nice to eat, but I don't love them. But they're nice to eat when you dunk them in your tea. I, I kind of, <laughs> this can sound terrible. They kind of sound like, they, they, they're kind of like chicken livers to me. Like once in a while, I really want them, but most of the time I don't. <laughs> like crystallized ginger makes everything better. Yeah. yeah, no. I find it too bitter. No, no, not 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 to hand them have them by the mouthful, but you throw them in scones or you throw them in uh, cookies. Yes, you don't <laughs> bake enough for us. I think I, I need to I have more like of your good, baking. I do like a good ginger scone. Yes, I, sh- I shall make ginger scones for our next podcast. Okay. <clears throat> Beth Akamando makes very good ginger scones. Oh, she's a great cook. <clears throat> that she is. Yes. Okay. Oh, we have three movies to discuss. Yes. We do. And, and we have, have a to, lot to say. We have to get down to business, A, because Yazdi has verbal diarrhea, but also Yazdi, also, <laughs> Yazdi has a curfew. Yes. Um, and I think the three of us actually have verbal yeah, diarrhea. Yeah, I was going to say. We, we, we're not the masters of the short movie review. So um, let's get right into business. So uh, the first movie of the week is going to be Don't Worry Darling. Yep, I have the intro. So this is the controversial not because of the movie itself but because of all of the gossip that's been going on around the movie directed by olivia wilde this is her her sophomore entry into the um directorial um chair yes and it's about a 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community and it begins to worry that his glamorous company could be hiding disturbing secrets. 
And this she begins to worry. Yeah, she begins to worry. Yes, thank you, uh, Yasti. <laughs> and this has a great cast: Florence Pugh, Harry Styles, Chris Pine, Olivia Wilde, Kiki Lane, Gemma Chan, Nick Kroll is here, Sydney Chandler, and a whole host of others. And like I said, it's directed by Olivia Wilde. It's written by Katie Silberman. Um, and the stories by Kerry Van Dyke and Shane Van Dyke. Um, and this is already out in the theatres, so you can um, say, go yeah. and watch this. Um, we're, we're a little late to the game with this one because um, we didn't catch the press we screening. The press screen, uh, yeah. So we went as civilians. We, we bought our own tickets uh, out of interest and, and went to see this one. Yep. So it comes a little late. Yep. So Yazdi, you are the freshest... Mm. viewer of this and it's not far behind when joe and i saw this so yazdi don't worry darling or worry uh, don't i i you know if ever there is a movie like you said which is eclipsed by the publicity for this film i mean there's there are many who believe there's no such thing as bad publicity any publicity is good publicity and this movie just you know the shia labeouf thing and then the you know, the spit gate and then, you know... The love affair. The love affair and, the, and you know, Olivia while getting her divorce papers during a screening. Custody. Custody, all this stuff swirling around it. Um, it's very difficult to divorce herself from that. Um, and then, you know, I think the, the general consensus was, before we had seen the movie, I, I try not to read detailed reviews, but, you know, the general consensus was that the movie is a big deal and it doesn't live up to its expectations. So I went in with a lot of apprehension. Um, and I think I've often talked about this. I think the single biggest determinant of whether you you like or not like a movie is expectation, I think. Yeah. So I went in this expecting this to be an absolute bomb. And I was actually very, very pleasantly surprised. I love the look of the movie. I love the ratcheting up of the tension. Like I said, I've read some of the negative reviews and I don't, I, I see what they're saying, but that was not the case for me. The big reveal when it happened was actually surprisingly satisfying for me. Hmm. So, and, and it leaves you with enough, like, what the hell was that about? And what, why did that person stab this person? So it's enough for me to kind of keep dwelling on it. So, for me, Olivia Wilde continues on her good streak. She's making fun, uh, unique films. Joe. Personal life aside. Yes. Go on, Joe. I, I am so glad I didn't know about any of the stuff swirling around around about this movie before going in. So um, I, I, I kind of came to it without that bias. Um, and I didn't really know much about it other than I know, Rashmi, you'd been wanting to see this and I'd seen the trailer and it all looked very Stepford Wivesy. So um, I, I was fascinated. Uh, here's what I'll say. I mean, Rashmi and I, we have talked about this because we didn't plan to do a formal review. Um, so you, you probably aren't too surprised about what I'm going to say here. But there is a great little movie in here somewhere that's surrounded by a few missteps. I think, like Yasti said, it looks amazing. Um, I feel like there are a bunch of uh, missed opportunities and concept and it's a little frustrating to me the way, the way the movie kind of plays out and leaves us hanging on so many little things um, but that said it's a very handsome movie and I can't say I wasn't uh, I didn't enjoy it all the way um, I think Olivia Wilde if I was to throw one major accusation at it all is I feel like she got a little drunk on the production design mm -hmm. Like, it's excessively, it's gorgeous. What a gorgeous movie. You know, talking to Rashmi, I don't notice this stuff normally, but like the mid-century modern stuff was just like, you know, it was just impeccably done. So um, 
you know, I feel like maybe a little less attention there and a little more on the the script and the and the uh, the pacing would have would have turned this into a real gem. Yeah, and again, um, Joe and I broke the cardinal rule of you know we don't talk about movie reviews until we we review them here. And yeah, as as Joe said, we didn't know we were going to review this one, but I'm glad we are because Yazi, it's good to hear your point of view as well. Same as what Joe said. Um, here's the major flaw for me. The rules of the world that are set up don't make sense. So she breaks her own rules or, or because of the way the story's told. Unfortunately, the, the world that we are put in, those rules don't make sense. And so that's what falls down for me, that a little bit more tightening up of how everything should play out when you've already set the world up would have made this an exceptional movie like... Um, you know, this could have this could have been. I don't want to say the word. I don't even want to compare it because I don't want to give anything away. But I'll, I could do a spoiler afterwards. But you know which movie I'm talking about. Um, I love the production. This this movie guarantees and solidifies for me that Florence Pugh is an actress of our time. I mm -hmm. think she's an amazing actress. I'm such a Florence Pugh fan girl. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of really great concepts in here, and Joe and I had this big discussion about, you know, is it about enslavement or wives or empowerment of wives? Um, that female male gender setup, you know, what what is it really about? And we actually were on what you wouldn't think opposite sides of the fence. So um, I, I think, think it really both. challenges, yeah, it challenges yeah. you with your own bias in a sense. So yeah, I think it's a really enjoyable movie. I just wish that the rules had made a little bit more sense. And I think this could have been an absolute great and those broken rules will stop it from being a great because that's what I can't stop thinking about. It raises the why, well, why did that happen? And that doesn't make sense. So, uh, one and of maybe the, we do a spoiler version. I don't know. Yeah, so I was just going to say one of the few podcasts that I listen listen to religiously on mm -hmm. film is the NPR podcast uh, Pop Culture Pop Culture Happy Hour, and they actually did two podcasts. One, you know, they discussed the movie without spoilers, and the other one they did, uh, you know, after spoilers. And I think it's very difficult to talk about this movie without you know without spoilers. But let me go through all those issues. I I too felt that the movie was too too shiny and too glossy in that environment and it's almost picture perfect and it, it's kind of troubling it's like you know the colors and everything it's like you're overdoing it right but when i think about it when you find out eventually it makes sense yes it has to be perfect because of you know how it is so I, and then you know even the needle drops there's so many there's relentless 60s and you know mid 50s music playing like non-stop through the movie and that to me also seemed a little bit too much to me but then when i think about it again it makes sense within the context i do agree that the things that that the, the folks at the other podcast in their spoiler-free portion uh, and the spoiler portion they talked about was there's some movies you can go back after you've seen the reveal like the sixth sense is yes, a good one exactly. and it just holds up so well this one in my mind when i go through it it doesn't hold up so well and i don't know if it's sloppy script writing it doesn't make sense because it's based on a book and Katie Silberman and uh, Olivia Wilde, you know, adapted that. And they did the wonderful, th those two did Booksmart before. So I'm just thinking maybe they're just leaving little mysteries and you need to think through 
which you shouldn't have to do. But there are there are two or three things and which after the reveal you can it still doesn't make sense. Correct. Yes. You know, there's there's a plane flying in. I'm like that doesn't make any sense. Correct. Somebody gets stabbed, that doesn't make any sense. Correct. Exactly. So there's a lot of things and maybe you are meant to go away and try to think about it. Um Yeah, yeah. I I think that's exactly right. I think yes, I think they there's a version of this film which again, I don't know if there are any production hell type issues here where where the final cut is maybe you know, slightly different to what was intended because th- th- there are so many little unexplained things. And, you know, that, that whole incident where somebody pulls on a thread, which then, you know, leads them down, a pass, uh, you know, through a sequence of events, which then starts to, you know, reveal the true nature of what's going on, um, doesn't make sense given given the ultimate explanation. It's like, why why did that inciting incident kind of happen? So there's there's lots of little... Um, missteps like that and again you know there's it, it's interesting to me that the critics have really you know pooped on this with 38% on Rotten Tomatoes but the audience seems to like it a lot more and, and I think um, it it lends itself to some very harsh criticism if you try and be critical of it right so I think that some of the reviews are like us frustrated by some of the missteps but you know, I then take kind of step, take a step back and take my critic hat half and say, did I enjoy this movie or not? And I really did, you know. So it's very compelling, minute by minute. It's very compelling, I think. Totally. It keeps you absolutely engaged and it's just beautiful to look at. And that chemistry between Harry Styles and Florence Pugh, it's really well done. But, but, oh, it's frustrating. I mean, some of the criticism has been that the reveal is kind of a piffle that it's not much. And then the one thing that I've read consistently is everybody complains that it's a two hour movie, that it's an hour of 40 minutes of setup and then 20 minutes of just revelation. And then it, it's just like, that's all you, you were leading me on for this. For me, I'm perfectly happy with what they were leading me on for, because I think there's a very obvious statement being made about how we live right now in the state of our world and so forth. And there was also a lot of criticism about how awful Harry Styles is. And I, I don't think he's going to get a Best Actor nomination, but I think he's adequate for the role. Um, originally, famously, Shia LaBeouf was yeah. picked for this, and I actually see why he was not eventually picked for it. I, I think Shia LaBeouf is a great actor. Again, his personal stuff set aside. But I think Harry Styles brings... Shia LaBeouf would have been too on the nose, I think, yes. in terms of how the plot eventually unravels. So... Um, so I like that. And, you know, Florence Pugh, I mean, I would be very happy with, you know, picking her at the end of the year. She has done almost a verbatim role in Midsommar. It's the same thing. She's like finding things and she's panicking. And, but minute by minute, her growing, you know, the unease, her unease. And then when she's finally breaking it down, it's so note perfect. Yeah. She, she carries this from scene to scene to scene and it's all done through her perspective, but boy does she um sell it and she's mesmerizing to watch like i love that she's she's embodied that 1950s woman right i mean she's beautiful in her and the costumes are beautiful and the hairstyles and everything is is stunning and i think to your point yasti harry styles plays that beautiful perfect man Mm -hmm. so well 
Yeah, I mean, there is one part, uh, people called it out. There's a part where he screams and he loses it and he gets very angry towards the end. And a lot of people were like, people in the cinema were laughing. Nobody was laughing. He seemed pretty adequate. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not the best acting in the world, but it was very, very adequate. I didn't feel, yeah, it didn't jump out of the movie at all for yeah. me. I thought he was- I thought performances was, across the board were really good in this. Even the Olivia Wilde character, you know, considering that she's behind the camera and in front of it, um, really sold- me on what her situation was. And I, and I, I genuinely felt, yeah. felt for her. Yeah. Um, and, you know, let's not forget Chris Pine. I mean, my one complaint yeah. about Chris Pine is there wasn't enough of him. But whenever he was, he is not perfect. I'm loving what Chris Pine is doing right now. He, yes. sh he shunned his, you know, leading man thing. And he's yes. just doing having fun at, at the movies. Um, yeah, and yeah. I, yeah. The, the, the scene, there's a scene where he's uh, at the end of a dining table, and there's <laughs> so like a, a, a you know whole kind of series of, of steak changes, and he he's masterfully he, he handles those moments like perfectly. Yeah, with the, with with the, with the softening of the voice and the way his face is and everything. Yeah, so I, I I'm happy to wrap this up. Yeah, I was going to say I wish I, there yes. had been more about his character. I wish there had been more. I about wish there had been more of that. You know, 120. What was it like? Like how he came yeah. to be, how his wife came to yes. be. There was a very 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 interesting dynamic Correct. between him and and Gemma Chan, who plays his yes. wife. Also very good. Yeah, perfect casting. And also, I think. You know, famously, Florence Pugh did not attend any of the publicity events. She kind of completely shunned oh, them. Really? And so there is much speculation that there was a falling falling out between Olivia, Olivia Wilde, Wilde and, and her. Oh. Possibly because Olivia Wilde was, you know, having an affair with Harry Styles during the making of the movie. Whatever. However it may have played out, I think Olivia Wilde's instincts to hire her were not perfect. And I don't care if they didn't get along during the making of the movie or after, but yeah. it makes for a great film because she is carrying that movie totally on her shoulders. Okay, wrap it up. Yes, yeah, they... because people have pooped on it and kind of it's become like this big, you know, Me, cloud, almost, cloud yeah. Of, yeah, of publicity. I think this movie is very technically accomplished. It's very compelling to watch. The reveal, what else could the reveal have been other than it was all a big dream or there were aliens which came or something? It, this reveal made complete sense to me in retrospective. Now, when you think back, the pieces maybe don't necessarily fit, but I just want to counter all the negative review for it. So I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. Wow. There's, nobody, there's nobody I would not recommend this to. It's a fun movie. It Jeff. is a fun movie. Yeah, you know, I mean, going into this review, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, got a, a six penciled in my head somewhere. But, you know, the more the more I talk about it, the more I admire it. And um, yes, you, you've biased me with your eight. Uh, I won't say I'm completely impartial to the opinion of, of, of the two of you. So I'm going to give this a seven. Um, it, it's really well done. And I, I kind of feel like it's it's not a future classic or a cult movie, but... I think in the home environment when you can watch and rewatch and maybe, you know, just take your time over it a little bit more. Uh, um, yeah. I want to see it again, right? Like when, when it comes out on streaming, it'll be, it'll be right there. You know, ho I'll be hovering over the play button. So um, yeah, seven. Good. It was good, good stuff. Yeah. And I'm right behind you with a six. Um, I don't, I, I, I don't, it's not deserved of a seven for me, um, but it's very good. And I agree with everything you guys have said. Don't worry, darling. You'll be in good hands. It's very entertaining.
Yeah, and again, just for the production, I think it's worth watching just for the production. It's exquisite. It yeah. really is. And I don't know how they create, was it all sets or how they did it, but it's just remarkable. Yeah, a lot of money was spent Costumes, and the look yeah. of it is just, it's impeccable. Yeah. Right. And again, Olivia Wilde, personal things aside, I can't wait for her third movie. She's talented. Yeah, yeah. I'll give her that. I mean, you know personal like you say you know whatever's going on with her right. outside of her uh, outside of her, you know when she's not directing uh, you know who cares but i mean she she really has a, a good eye for stuff and you know it's not a generic film sorry I, uh, there's these things which she keeps seeing in her head there are these almost busby berkeley kind of circle of women with legs the kind yeah, of yeah. Yes. The whole movie it, ha it has a very unique feel to it it's not done cookie cutter wise right so there is yeah and that you whole know, burlesque, the burlesque number thing, right. in the middle with like a Dita Von Tess. Correct. Um, is very interesting. Again, it's playing with, you know, again, our view of what the 50s were like and what they represented and gender roles. So, it, you know, it's, there's uh, a yeah. really good movie in here. I, I just I wish to, yeah. that excellent movie had been made, but. I, yeah, I want to do a spoiler version, but we can do that maybe later. Let's go to our next film. Which is Lyle Lyle. Crocodile. Yeah, not much to say on this one. This is a feature film based on the children's book about a crocodile that lives in New York City. Um, and this has, um, this is directed by Josh Gordon and Will Speck, and it's written by Will Davies and Bernard Weber. And it stars Constant Wu. Yes, that Constant Wu from um, Crazy Rich Asians. Crazy Rich A Asians. Yep, Javier Bardem is here, Scoot McNary, Brett Gelman, Sean Mendes is the uh, voice of Lyle, Winslow Fegley, um, Sal Viscuso, a whole bunch of other people. Um, so, Joe, why don't you tell us what you thought of Lyle Lyle Crocodile? Okay. Uh, you know, it's funny, we don't review intentionally a lot of kids' movies on the show just because, you know, we're, we're not really attuned to that, that kind of audience. And so I didn't know much about this. We'd seen the poster. Rashmi, you had said you'd seen the trailer and it looked like fun. So, yeah. So along we went. And it was an evening screening. Um, so, you know, oftentimes the, the real kids' movies are done early morning. What I will say first, right off the bat, is this is un completely and unashamedly a, a children's movie uh, directed at children. Uh, it's it a PG. Is it really a yeah, PG? Yeah, it's a PG. Wow. Yeah. Well, I guess there's a crocodile in it, so it can be scary oh, yeah. for some kids. You're saying why it's not a G? Yeah, because this is completely, you know, this is the kind of thing that you would... It's you very, would very inoffensive. See on Nickelodeon, uh, you know, it's, it's like as soft as they come. Um, so, <laughs> this is... <laughs> Here's what I'll say. For most of this movie, I feel like I'd eaten a bag of gummies, not the Haribo <laughs> kind, but like some, you know, some some laced gummies. It was a complete fever dream of a movie. The plot um, didn't necessarily uh, hang from scene to scene. You just kind of had to go along with it <laughs> and say, right, in this scene, this is what happens. And suddenly someone will burst out into song and a character will completely reverse who they've been and suddenly, you know, um, become, uh, you know, a, a joyful fan. But I had so much fun with this. Honestly, I think a more joyful movie I will not see this year. I, I really, it left me with a smile. The songs were great, if not particularly memorable or catchy. Um, it was short. It was fun. I, I, I can't re really recommend this to, to, to kind of an adult audience, but... 
you know, if you have some youngins to take with you, um, you know, or borrow the next door neighbor's five-year-old just to go and see this movie, do it. It's it's super fun. It was really fun. It was bouncy. It was colourful. It was bonkers mad. I didn't understand it, but it was still it still made me smile. Yes, D. So I think the reason for this movie to exist is um, for one and one reason only and that's Paddington I think this movie is really trying to get into that sweet spot that Paddington did yeah <clears throat> you know which is about a cute lovable creature which makes things better for the family that adapts him pretty much both of those movies I think but this movie is no Paddington no for sure no, no, it's, no. it's not even close to being so Paddington I can watch 600 times <laughs> I don't think I want to watch Lyle Lyle Crocodile again but maybe I was just sleeping that day <laughs> Uh, it's cute. It's it's so inoffensive. It's kind of fun, and you know, any chance that Javier Bardem has to really ham it up, I'm I'm there for it. He is so hamming it up. And then uh, Scoot McNary, who plays uh, Constance Wu's husband or the father, you know, he has been a marvelous uh, character actor in so many films, and I'm glad that whoever made the decision finally gave him a lead role, although he doesn't have much to do. So. I look. There's not a thing wrong with it. I just wish it had, it had what Paddington did, which was a bit of magic. This didn't have a mag, didn't have much magic for me. It it, it was sweet enough. Oh, that was a little bar humbug, yes, Steve. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm, I'm in no the joke camp. I'm in the no joke magic. camp. Look, if you're an animal or a New York City lover, you will enjoy this modern day enchanting tale about being different and wanting to fit in, but not always being able to. That's what I took away from the movie. And it's, it's what Joe said. It's bright and psychedelic, but at its heart, it's it's got so much heart. And I found the songs incredible. I wrote it down twice in my notes. The songs are great. The songs are good. There's one song, and I can't read my writing, which will make you laugh. Um, there's one song. I'm trying to sit, read what it was. Um, it's so excellent. It <laughs> kind of brought tears to my eyes, but I can't read what it is. But um, anyway. There's it, one song which repeats three times in the movie. Is, is that is the that, one? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just, just lovely. Look, it's about step parents and, you know, horrible, grumpy neighbors. And there's a really cute animated cat, like a CG cat, which is so <laughs> yeah. funny. I mean, it's comedic and it's, you know, about friendship and boundaries and it's it's got a lot I mean, in it it's a, really got a lot and i disagree with you joe i think it is equally for adults because if as adults we can go in and embrace these types of movies i think it teaches us a, a little bit about ourselves as well i think it just doesn't stand up to scrutiny in the way that as an adult i i'm trying to kind of thread the plot together and there are some themes in here which i think you know are worth exploring but they kind of just uh, are disposed of in in very um in very shallow ways so you know I, it, there's there's i see what you're saying in terms you know it might be like a fun children's book where you turn the page and then something completely different yeah is is what happens and I don't think this movie kind of went deep enough, but I don't think it was also aiming for the Paddington vibe. I mean, yes, I can see exactly why you draw that connection. British, yeah. But I don't, I don't think this movie has anything like the ambition of that. And um, yeah, I, I think um, it's it's just trying to 
be fun, but it's, it's a fever dream. It really is. It's a, it's a bananas uh, scenario. I mean, and you just have to accept everything. There's, there's no... Well, yeah, when you're turning a comic book page, it's okay to see a crocodile in a bathtub, when, but when you have to actually have <laughs> yeah, an, an, a, crocodile. a crocodile climbing down the stairs, that's pretty, pretty scary. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I... I <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that the movie ultimately is about this little boy who is lost and he's in a new school and he has some kind of pretty severe anxiety disorder, right? And he's very, very anxious and panicky. And and the presence of this pet, Lyle the crocodile, changes all that. And I love that whole concept because pets will often do that for you. But it really, it, it just turns on a dime. Like one day he's miserable and then yes. Lyle goes with him to school and next day he's... All his problems are solved. So you know, I mean, but wouldn't I you be? Wouldn't you feel like that no, if a giant crocodile came with you to school? I mean, I can't even imagine. A I know. See how happy you're laughing now. Look at the smile no, on your face. It's, it's, imagine it's, Sawyer could come to work with you every day. Yeah, but it's it's a little pat, which is yeah. fine. Yeah. My, my thing is again, it, it it doesn't have the ambition of Paddington. It wants you to have a good time, and yeah. this movie has. A good, good, good heart. Like I love Constance Wu. You know, she has had a hard time fitting in. Yeah. She's had a lot of difficulties off late. I'm glad to see her on the screen. I'll tell you the movie I want to watch. The f there's about 10 minutes early in the movie when Lyle is just a baby crocodile. And whoever has done the animation CGI on the baby crocodile, I bow to you because that baby crocodile was so cute and it looked like a dog or a cat. And I just wanted to see a movie about Lyle before he grew up. The little baby <laughs> crocodile was so adorable. It was, yeah. No, the, the CG on that, it, it kind of reminded me of the Pillsbury Doughboy. You know, yes. that like little yes. bubbly, squeaky laugh. Yes. All right. Well, let, let's just bring this one to a close. And um, so, Rashmi, yes. sum up Lyle, Lyle, Crocodile. Lyle, Lyle, you made me smile. Seven out of ten. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like I'm I'm pooping on it, but I'll give it a 7 out of 10 as well. There are very few movies that your whole family can go watch, especially if you have the little ones. The cat is very cute. And, you know, Lyle, it's so random. It's a crocodile who sings and he cannot talk, but he can sing. It's I so know. random. It's, I it's, know. It's it so is a fever trip. It's some kind of, you know, like you were having the flu and you you dreamt something up. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. But, yeah, it, it's so inane and inoffensive. I didn't care for the songs. I've never heard uh, what's his name, Sean, Sean Mendes. Mendes before. If that's his voice, I'm not really very enthused. But anyway, I'm I'm, I'm the wrong demographic. Maybe uh, seven out of ten. Yeah, I forgot to comment on that. But the the the, the voice does not go with the crocodile. No, at it all. doesn't. Like, but the uh, songs are good. I I, I mean. <laughs> It, it's it's possibly the worst casting decision in terms of matching the voice to the to the CG, um, but nonetheless, um, I'm going to give this uh, a joyful seven. So yes. you know, unlike Yazdi's humbug seven, yeah. and Rashmi's middle of the road seven, mine's a joyful seven. So um, so three sevens. That's interesting. Yeah, with very different perspectives. Three, yeah, three very different sevens. I think, yeah, here. but again, I feel like. Um, Really, Yassi's is a six, yours is an eight, and mine's a seven. Mine is, actually, really mine is, is actually a six. Yeah, you just, let's, of, let's call I'm, it I'm what it is. I'm changing mine to a six. <laughs> mine's a seven. A seven. Yours can be an eight. There we yours. go. <laughs> right. Same score. Same average score. Oh, my score goodness is. me. Uh, what, yes. what's the, what is the point of our score? scoring sometimes? Okay. Um, final movie of the week, then, is going to be The Banshees of Inisherin. 
So, um, yes, so I can introduce the Banshees of Inisherence. So, one of my favorite directors of the past decade is Martin McDonagh, and he's just made you know a handful of movies. He's uh, he's a big, big, big uh, property on the British uh, theater scene because he you know he does these plays which are you know huge, and uh, he only recently started making movies in 2008 well not so recently but he started with in bruges which is one of my favorite films um, also had colin farrell and uh, brian gleason together and since then he made seven psychopaths if folks haven't seen it wonderful film and then most recently i mean i guess he he gained more uh, acclaim with uh, three billboards outside ebbing missouri which won a whole bunch of oscars including one for miss francis mcdormand so he hasn't made a movie since Three Billboards, and this is his newest one. It is completely his his brainchild. It is written and directed by Martin McDonagh. And um, it's set in a fictional town um, called Inisherin, which is where the uh, the title of the movie comes from. And the... Uh, fictional Irish town. Fictional Irish town. The movie is very, very, very Irish. Uh, and it was shot beautifully on this actual island uh, off the coast of Ireland. Uh, and, and the one sentence uh, summary of it on IMDb is that two lifelong friends find themselves at an impasse when one abruptly, very abruptly, ends their relationship with alarming consequences for both of them. Like I said, written and directed by Martin McDonagh and Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson return. Uh, and then Barry Keegan, who has been doing a lot of fun stuff. Uh, he's here, as is Carrie Condon playing uh, Colin Farrell's sister. So what do you guys think of the Banshees of Inisher? And by the way, awful, awful, awful title. I agree, agree. Um, so I have loved uh, Martin McDonough's movies, the ones that you've read, Yazia, amongst my top movies of all time, except for Three Billboards, which just didn't work yeah, for me. me um, but I'm happy to say he is back in my good books. Um, it's great to see Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson together again. This is an interesting, deliciously dark, dark comedy fable that I don't really understand the moral of, but that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it and that I wasn't thoroughly entertained by it. And I think it borders on horror at times, but it's the old adage of don't cut your nose off to spite your face. Um, and ultimately, I think it's a movie about reckoning um, with fantastic acting. I love this movie. Cool. Um, so... I'm not the hugest fan of Martin McDonald's work. I mean, I admire In Bruges, um, Seven Psychopaths. Love. Also, um, you know, found very entertaining. Um, like you guys, Three Billboards uh, was overly celebrated. I don't know why that movie um, hit audiences quite as well as it did and, and critics alike. This one's a bit of a difficult one for me because I think... I loved the first third of the movie. I loved being in its bizarre little world with its bizarre characters, all of whom have complete integrity. I mean, these are really like a line of dialogue can reveal something about a character um, and the way that they view the world. In you know, it, It's just so sharply written. Uh, it looks stunningly gorgeous. But then it started to lose me along the way. I think by the time I got to the end of the movie I felt more puzzled and somewhat frustrated by it um, because I think early on it's actually very funny um, you know there's there's a the, the, you know the, the aforementioned um, 
you know uh, disagreement between two friends is is actually played I thought for laughs yeah. at the beginning um, and I, I really enjoyed that kind of absurd dark humor yeah but then it kind of got less funny and then more dark withered, withered away for me so I can't say that I love this one uh, at all I, I struggled with it um, I think I don't to, the, the real answer is I didn't understand it uh, so you know I got frustrated and, and tuned out Yasti. If you didn't understand it, imagine me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I understood the language. I mean, the language is... Oh, I, oh, I didn't understand the, some the, of the language. Yeah, yeah, the language is very, very, very colloquial Very Irish. colloquial, yeah. Um, and, and hard and hard. But yeah, no, I, I, I didn't understand the movie. Was the... I, I love this film. I think, it's, <laughs> I think it's one of the best films of the year. It's going to be on my top 10 list. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I'm going to personally cause a riot if, you know, this doesn't get... Uh, at least recognized for the screenplay. The screenplay is just incredible. Uh, and I think the film is simultaneously one of the funniest I have seen this year, as well as the most despairing. Mm -hmm. And it's hard It's hard to do that both. And it's, mm. it's kind of a balancing act. And I think it's done very, very beautifully. I, or not just beautifully, very, very capably, I... I also kind of, I think this is the first of his movies where he kind of walks into like a Yargos Lanthimos territory yes. for me. Just, just, yes, just a yes, very, yes. very... I wrote down the same thing. There is... As soon as you just, said that word, yes. Yes, that's exactly it. But not, and that, I'm wondering but, if that's why Joe didn't like yeah. it. Because it got absurd. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's very Yargos Lanthimos light, if I may say yes. so. But it creates an absurd set of a premise or rules and then it lives by those rules as absurd as it may seem yes and I also think the movie is very much like a fable and I think I think the friendship between the two could be played you could write a story just as effective if, if it was a love like somebody who was in love you know a boy mm -hmm. or a girl or a girl and a girl boy and whatever and I think I haven't been able to shake this movie off at all since I've watched it. And I go back and think and I'm like, oh, is this what he means about this? Is this what this is about? So nobody's making movies which are so unique and individual and particular and it hasn't been through the studio system and a hundred executives haven't tried to change anything. And I, I just want to embrace that. Yeah, yes, the, the Yorgos Lanthimos, I had the same observation um, because Yorgos Lanthimos has this amazing ability to rub have Joe fun, the wrong way. have fun, yeah, rub Joe the wrong way, um, have um, absurdity, funny humor, which makes you belly laugh and then things that make you feel sick to your stomach because mm -hmm. they're so horrible. And in this movie, there is a, a, a side story about almost an abusive father. Mm -hmm. That's horribly disgusting, but it's then in this absurd little village where these characters are so strange and insular and inbred. And it's just, there's a lot of weirdness and we don't quite get why things are happening, but they're happening. It's, it, it was just, it was just a perfect mix of crazy for me. Yeah. It, and again, I can't say I understood it. Yeah, I, mean, I think but, that. But I don't know if there's much to understand other than, you know, at one point I thought there's an old lady and is she supposed to be like a witch? 
almost. She, She's a witch-like yeah, yeah. character. Well, what does the title have to do with anything that we saw? I mean, other than the name of ah, the town. Well, funny None you should mention that. He mentions about it. It's a, it's a piece of music he writes. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. It's an awful title. And mm. I think if people say, if I tell somebody, go watch this little foreign film called The Banshees of Inisherin. It's like an SNL skit. People are like, of course, you you want me to watch a movie called The Banshees of Inisherin. So I wish it was just called Duck or Horse or something. I can tell people, go watch Horse. And this, yeah, I agree. It's it's a bad title. Uh, I, yeah. Go on. But a banshee, apparently, I was just reading this to Yazdi before before you came down, Joe. Um, a banshee is um, an old Irish, inf- Irish folklore, is a, a, an old woman who sings before a death. Yes, no, I, I mean, I, I know what a banshee is, but I didn't, I couldn't relate to to that in this particular movie. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, ultimately, I felt a little betrayed by the movie in that Ooh. it started, it started off like just. In Bruges is a kind of a really dark comedy, yeah. right? It's it's very funny. It's very dark. And also mildly it, absurd in its own way. It's very, very absurd, mildly, very yeah. absurd yeah. in its own way. But it retains kind of a sense of comic humor all the way through it. And that, this, this just dialed that out after the first, after the opening act and just went for the darkness. And you're right. The Yorgos Lanthimos um, observation, Yazdi, yeah. It, it sums it up perfectly for me. I, uh, it, it's um, killing of a sacred deer. It's uh, dog tooth. It's yes. um, what's the other one that really upset me with the August? Which Lanthimos. also has Colin Farrell in the it. The favorite? No, the, fa- the favorite. I, oh I, yeah, the favorite was a, a lot more accessible. Oh, but the one where they're singles and they become animals. Uh, what was that? Uh, the whale? No, it was the name. It's the name of an animal. Uh, okay. Yeah, we'll what, find it, it. Whatever it is, but yeah. that that kind of. Uh, the movie became as difficult as that for me towards the end, and and at some point intellectually, the it, lobster, the lobster, yes. it lost, which we loved, yeah. it lost me. Right, I'm I'm not I'm, I'm I'll just put my hand up and say I'm just not smart enough to 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 t- to absorb what it's trying to do to me. So I'm like I've lost interest, and it's not funny anymore. And I'm now really disappointed because this started off so well, but I don't think there's much. To, I don't think there's some secret that you're supposed to unravel. I think it's, funda- for me, it's fundamentally about, it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, 500 Days of Summer. What do you do if you are friends with someone and one of them just doesn't want to be friends with you? It could be a love thing. What if you are deeply in love with someone and they're like, no. And it's about somebody who cannot let go. And there are people who just cannot let go. What do you do? If somebody wants but, to be in your life and they and you're like, I don't want you in my life, but they won't let yes, go. Yes, I often feel that way about you. <laughs> yes, I know. But so for me, it's, it, it was take, very relatable. But take me on that journey then. and then, But it did take you on no, the no, journey. But, but it, I guess it didn't take me where I wanted to go. Right. But but, but Yazdi, I just wanted to add, it's, it's, it's about that. But for me, it's also, as I said in the intro, it's about a reckoning, right? Correct. A reckoning that you are at a certain point in your life and that you want something different for both for many of those characters and so it's also about that recognition that if I don't do something different then nothing's going to change and so it's about one man's desire or one woman's desire to make a 180 yeah all all four characters yes about their so it's the story of a midlife crisis not necessarily a midlife crisis because the Barry Keegan character is young 
but, right? But, but you, it's about yeah. it's about like if I don't do something now, nothing will ever change. Because Brandon Gleason's character, he's he's pretty old. He's been doing something all his life, and yeah. he's like, I'm going to die soon, and I need to do something that I'm going to be remembered for. Yeah. And he and I think what you see literally happening, you know, there's some violent things which happen in the movie. I think it's just for me it's a stand in for people saying I'm going to jump out of a of a, you know, helicopter because I've turned 75. It's it's akin to that where it's like I need to do this other thing. Get away from me, you know? Yeah, like you are holding me back. Like if I continue on this path, nothing is going to change for me. I must do this. But in the end, he cuts off his nose to spite his face. And like you, I kept thinking, Joe, that there is some secret we are going to find out. There is a reason why the Brendan Gleeson character behaves the way he does. But at the end of it, there doesn't need to be a secret. I also like that... So I, I, I'm just going to say... He, uh, Colin Farrell is going to be on my list of best actors of Absolutely. the year. Absolutely. He was great. We have seen him in 600 movies. I have not seen him like this. He uh, was really good in this. Yeah. So he good. plays this kind of idiot, idiot savant kind yes. of person. A person who just wants to be nice, right? He's just, he wants people around him to be happy. He has no desires of his own. And how does a person like that have their reckoning? How do, if, if you're very being depends on making other people happy if those people aren't around you or if they don't want to be made happy who are you then and this is a very deep thing to say but that a movie of less than an hour and a half can kind of bring those thoughts to me is is pretty amazing well it's also what if you're content and everyone around you is discontent and as a result of their discontent it makes you discontent, even though you're so happy with the way things yeah. are. So I think there's a real, de- again, for me, it's about re- the reckoning. It's a reckoning of where you are in your life and how dependent you are on others and what you rely on them for. Um, and, and Carrie Condon I is was just fantastic. Gonna say that. I don't even know where she, I, I've seen her in some movies before, but. God, she's good, yeah. Yes. She's amazing. She's just so good no, in this movie. The, the performances across the board here are exemplary. I mean, this is these are not easy characters. They're not easy characters to make believable um, because of some of the absurdities. Uh, and the whole look and feel of the movie, despite its absurdity, uh, is has absolute integrity. I mean... It, it feels it, right. so real as if, you know, this bizarre place could be yeah. exactly as it's I, I, portrayed. I want to go to that island. I really want to yeah, visit it. Yeah, I would it's like so to as well. stark and beautiful. beautiful. And apparently that they built that set, you know, the, the bar, which is right off that cliff. They built it for the movie. I thought it already exists, but they built it, which is amazing. Um, also, I want to say one of my biggest beef with movies in general is that Movies are always about love and movies are about, you know, father and son and mother and daughter. Movies are so seldom about siblings. I I mean, they're a handful, maybe 10. I mean, all great, all stories about, you know, the lead and, and, you know, the male lead and the female lead. They seem to have no brothers and sisters in most movies. And and, and siblings have no place in their lives in, in those movies. In this movie, the, the sibling relationship is so finely complexly authentically portrayed and I, I think it's the it's the writing and it's also the actors Carrie Condon is just flawless in this movie and I yes. just I ached for them and it, the fact that there is no uh, romantic 
relationship in this movie. It's all either between a brother and a sister or between a friend and another friend. And it made me feel a lot. So I think that the movie's doing something. That sounds something like a summing good. up, Yasi. Yeah, I love this movie. It's running at 100% on Tomorrow Meter. The only thing I would change about the movie is call it horse or something or call, call, call it little donkey i think that would be a great yeah, name for this little movie little donkey the donkey was very cute the donkey cute. was very cute so that part made sense to me anyway uh you know eight and a half out of ten uh and and just because this is such a small movie out of nowhere i want people to be talking about this in march when it's end of year considerations i am going to bump it up to nine oh. yay joe yes yeah, look, I mean, this is something that I admired, but I couldn't get close to. I was always, I was always in the movie theater and not in the movie. And I, because of that, I mean, again, it's technically very accomplished. It's, it's beautifully shot and written and acted. Performances are the most memorable thing. I mean, Brendan Gleeson, he always brings it, but um, he, he doesn't have to say much, right, uh, to, to, to give you absolute, uh, to, to, to show you exactly who this character is. Uh, it just, I mean, it, it's all technically accomplished, but oddly, oddly distanced to me. So, um, unfortunately, this is a six. It's not entertaining enough for me at all. I couldn't, couldn't get close to it. Can't recommend it. It's just not, it's not a, not a Joe movie. Completely a Rashmi movie. I'm yeah. with um, Yasdi. This is a nine for me. I love this movie and I can't wait to see it again. In fact, I want to see it again and put the subtitles on just in case we missed anything um, because I think there's a lot that we missed in the kind of uh, colloquial accent. Irish yeah, dialogue, yeah. yeah. The other thing is, I often feel a bit of a failure when I'm watching a movie because I don't laugh as much as people do. Yeah. At most movies, I'm yeah. like, you know, I watched American Pie, the whole movie, and the whole theater was you just rolling over, and I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> but this movie just was making me laugh the whole time. I like when you laugh the whole time. Yeah. And it, I'm, 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 I'm a very fickle I, I don't laugh I'm, I'm a horrible cold dark yeah, you know? he so but this movie made me laugh so much and the only other th I know we are done the only other thing I want to mention is at some level I also saw this movie as what happens when you have too much pride especially the pride of men and it was about the inability of men to work things out yes it was like there are wars in this world because men are too pride. They just cannot talk things through. You have to be stubborn and idiotic and stubborn to the 10th level. And ego. And ego. And where you're destroy, yes. literally destroying each other just because of their pride. And at some level, the movie is also about that. So, oh, good stuff. All right. Let's bring us the podcast to an end. Um, Thank you for listening. Thank you for sitting through our podcast and uh, we hope you enjoyed these reviews. We'll be back very soon with more. So we're still, we've still got a couple of movies we're going to talk about today till Armageddon time. Uh, two different movies. So that will be coming up in a podcast uh, not too long from now. As always, too many movies, too little time. Let's wrap up. A goodbye from me. And me. And me as well.